You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Podcast. Amen. Well, Pastor Farrell is not with us this morning. He is actually up in Statesville at our Statesville campus as Pastor Sam is uh, on sabbatical. So Pastor Farrell is not here, but he would like me to extend greetings to you. So in his place, Johnny some snuck up here somewhere. Oh, Johnny was leaving it up to me. That was dangerous for a second there. Would you welcome Pastor Johnny uh, as he comes this morning? Thanks, Mike. Well, good morning, Grace family. As Mike said, I'm the student pastor here at Grace Covenant, and I'm actually just coming off an amazing camp experience with our students. Um, so if it looks like, you know, I have some bags under my eyes, it's, it's probably because I do. It's not an optical illusion. But you know, it's all worth it because over the course of this past week, we saw many teens um, receive Jesus for the first time. We also saw many more who rededicated their life to Jesus. And I just believe that our ministry is better off for being able to have this experience together. So I'm so thankful for a church that promotes and prioritizes this experience for our students and our kids. So I get to step in today as we begin a new series, and we're going to discuss something that, um, well, we, we've all experienced. Some of us are experiencing it right now, and some of us that haven't experienced it will experience it soon. And it's something that's so prevalent in this day and age that we may not even notice it anymore. It's what happens when you don't get invited to the party. It's what happens when your server forgets to bring that extra side of ranch. It happens right here when you're crossing over Sam Fur, and the person in the right lane knows that that lane's about to end, so now it's a race to see if they can cut you off at the last second. Maybe it happens when um, you start to have a few gray hairs popping through, and people start to assume you're a little bit older than, than you are, but it's because your hair is jet black, and so any variation is going to be noticeable. But your dad actually went gray when he was 25, so you're doing way better than he was. But they don't know that, so they still make comments. That's just a hypothetical scenario. But we've all felt it. And sometimes it happens, you know, I mentioned some trivial reasons, but it also happens for some profound and legitimate reasons. And what I'm talking about is the sting of offense. The series that we're starting today is called Don't Drink the Poison. And the poison that we're talking about here is the poison of offense. When we consume this poison, it allows bitterness to begin to sour our soul. And then it begins to manifest itself in some really unhealthy ways. So if we're being honest, I think we can say we've all caused offense at some point, right? And we've all felt offense in some way. And the truth is, I've probably offended some of you here already. Because you showed up this morning to see the senior pastor preach. <laughs> now you've got the youth pastor and it's kind of like, you know, when you go to SeaWorld, you go to SeaWorld to see Shamu. <laughs> then you get to Shamu's arena, and it's just like a big mouth bass flopping around in a giant tank. 
And I get it. To be honest, I'd be offended too. So let's talk about offense. First of all, I believe that offense happens in two stages. The first stage is just the initial feeling of offense. So something happens that we don't agree with, something happens that we feel strongly about, and the initial reaction is, now I'm feeling offended. And so we don't necessarily get to control like how or when that happens. But then we get to stage two, and stage two is where we have, we have some choice in the matter. Stage two is where we get to choose whether we're going to live offended in a perpetual and ongoing state. And that choice is a lot like this. Let me show you this. So here, I have a very suspicious substance. You can tell because it has the label poison on it, and it's bubbling, and it's green. So if I were to ask you, based on what you know about this now, Would you voluntarily drink that? No, that would be a bad idea. But when we choose to live offended, it's like drinking that poison over and over and over again. So why do we drink the poison? Well, here's the first thing we know. We know that offense is certain to happen. It's going to happen. It's coming. If you're in a relationship with any other human beings at all whatsoever, you are going to have an opportunity to be offended. Because the fact of the matter is, even at our best, we can be pretty miserable creatures to deal with. Someone is going to offend us, whether it's intentional or unintentional. Here's the second thing. Just because you have the right to be offended doesn't necessarily mean that you should. Let me tell you, there, there are some things that when we're confronted with, offense should rise up within us. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's in our best interest to perpetually live there. Third, anyone can give you the opportunity to be offended. But you get to choose if you will live offended. Hang around with me. For a day, and I guarantee I can deliver you the perfect opportunity to be offended. Just ask some of my students. I mess with them all the time. But then you get the choice to decide if you're going to live in that place. You're going to get to decide how frequently that you drink from that cup. The danger is if we get too comfortable being in a state of offense we no longer see the effects that the poison is beginning to have on us because it's gradual and it's ongoing and and it's beginning to manifest itself. But even scarier, I think, is this. When we look at this poison and we begin to kind of enjoy the way that this tastes, the taste of this offense, and now we're looking for more and more opportunities to take a sip from that cup. It kind of reminds me, um, do you guys remember the Lord of the Rings trilogy? Okay, so, and as the words are coming out of my mouth, I realize immediately how nerdy that sounds. But just bear with me for a second, because there's a character in that movie, his name's Theoden. And Theoden was once a a strong ruler, firmly in control of his kingdom, but he had been gradually getting poisoned. And over time, more and more poison So bad that he didn't even realize how bad his condition had become. But if you looked at him, you could instantly tell. 
And even worse, he had an advisor, and his advisor was named Wormtongue. And so what Wormtongue was doing is he was whispering in Theoden's ear, taking advantage of his weakened state, manipulating his every, uh, every thought and every decision. Now, who does that sound like? Sounds like the enemy. You better believe when you're willingly drinking the poison, the enemy is going to take advantage of that weakened state. And he's going to start whispering things in your ear. Like, they were wrong. And you were right. They shouldn't have done that. You do what you need to do. Being right is all that matters. You're the victim here. Take another drink. You deserve it. Because the enemy knows. If you play the victim... You stay the victim. And that's where he wants us to stay because victims are always in a reactive state. And they're robbed of their power and they're robbed of the autonomy that actually belongs to them. So if we know that offense is unavoidable, well, what does God ask us to do? What is he calling us to do? How should we respond? Well, let's look at this passage from Hebrews. Let's hear what the Lord has to say. Hebrews 12, 14 through 15, it says, Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. So when I read this text, I see that God is giving us a command, but also a warning. So I want you to think about Maybe a situation that you have in your life right now where, where there has been offense. Now you're encountering this scripture and maybe in a private moment there's a conversation that would happen with God. And maybe it would sound a little bit like this. So first things, God says, make every effort to live in peace with everyone. And then we might respond with, are you serious, God? They wronged me. What they did was objectively wrong. And God would say, I know. And I don't think that I can forget what they did. It was too much and it was too far. And God would say, really? Because I am he who blots out your transgressions and remembers your sins no more. Isaiah forty-three twenty-five. And then we might respond with, but God, it, it hurts so much, and I don't know if I can forgive it. And God would say, I know it's hard. But remember, I made peace with you through my shed blood on the cross, and it was really hard. Colossians 1.22. Then we come to the next command, and it says, See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God, which is basically saying, Take the high road and give grace. And if you've been in this situation where you have to take the high road, there was probably some resistance that rose up within you. And you might have said to God, God, I, I don't have it in me. I don't have it in me to do that. And God would say, I know you don't have it. That's why I'm asking you to give them my grace. It's the same grace that I gave you. Remember when you received something that you felt like you didn't deserve and you certainly couldn't possibly have earned. 
and it transformed you, I want you to extend that to them. And if you're still resisting, you just might be thinking, they don't deserve that. And God would say, I know. But if you choose to withhold it and drink from that cup, it's going to hurt you more than it's going to hurt them. And here comes the warning. Because to live offended and drink the poison, it's like drinking the poison but expecting the other person to die. It doesn't work like that. So here comes the warning. Don't allow offense to create bitterness. God might say, withholding grace and forgiveness that I've given to you will cause a bitter root to grow up. And that root is going to eventually have branches. And those branches are going to eventually produce fruit. But it's going to be rotten fruit that is sure to defile you and everyone around you. So then you come to the place, okay, God, so you, you really want me to make peace with them. Yes, for their sake, make peace with everyone. So here I have a glass. This is my glass. Metaphorically, you all have a glass as well. And I'm just going to pour a little bit of this poison in here. We all have our glass of offense. And let's be honest, over the past year, there's been so many things that have happened, so many complex issues that we've had to take strong positions on. And here's the thing. Everyone feels right, but few have peace. So what's your cup filled with? This represents mine. And when I look at this, and I look at the color of it, I look at this elixir, to me it looks like vindication in my cup of offense. I look at the color and it reminds me that I was right and they were wrong. And when I taste from my cup, well, it doesn't taste so bad. To me, it tastes like justification. That somehow by continually drinking from this cup, this cup that person is going to get what they deserve. You have your cup and I have mine. So, I propose a toast. Here's to everyone who has ever been offended. Why don't you raise your imaginary glass with me just for a moment? You may not have asked to be holding this cup, but it's in your hand right now. And so many of us, we have a choice to make. No one can make us take this particular poison, right? We have the cup, but we have to bring it to our lips and drink from it. So what I'm suggesting today is that we choose not to drink from it, and we pour this cup out. And we don't drink the poison. In the story I mentioned earlier about King Theoden, um, 
Once he was free of the poison, he instantly regained his countenance, his courage, his conviction. And with his mind and his soul restored, he was now free to be fully himself again. So when we choose not to drink the poison, we're actually making a choice for a healthy soul, a peaceful mind, and a blessed life. One of the things that really kind of never made sense to me in that movie was um, after he regained his strength and his, his sound mind, he actually let Wormtongue escape with his life. And I always thought, man, what is he doing? Like this guy manipulated him, ruined his entire life, and he just let him go free. And then I was reminded, for all the offense that, that we're going to experience or have experienced in this life, there's still no offense that is, uh, that is greater than the offense of our sin against a holy God. In Psalm 51.4, David says, Against you and you alone have I sinned and done evil in your sight. Ultimately, every offense that is committed, whether against us or from us against others, is an offense against God. Yet he has made peace with us on the cross when our offense was unacceptable. And here's what what I'm beginning to realize. When we don't pursue peace, we deny the reality of the gospel in our own lives. And we also prevent the power of the gospel from reaching into the lives of others. So the ministry of peace and reconciliation that God first did with us is now ours to extend to the world around us. And in order to do that, we have to stop drinking the poison. So as we talk about this, with all the lives represented in this room, I know there's a lot of situations that are here. And a lot of reasons why we might be harboring offense. But I think what we realize this morning is that God is calling us to do something. And it's something that we may feel is hard. It's something that we may feel is impossible. And that's why we got to welcome God into this situation. We're going to have to lean into his strength and his grace to be able to do this. So will you pray with me? Lord, this morning we recognize that life throws things at us that we didn't ask for. And Lord, we can't sometimes help the initial reaction that we have. But Lord, we know that if we continue to drink the poison and live in this state of offense, it will transform us from the inside. It will do more harm than it can good. So Lord, I ask that you would bring to mind the situation where you are calling us uh, to bring peace and reconciliation to. Lord, that you would help us overcome our pride. Lord, that you would help us to stop asking what if, what if, what if, and just trust you. Lord, just as you brought reconciliation to us when we were enemies to you, 
Lord, you've called us to bring reconciliation to those around us. But Lord, we need you to accomplish this miracle in our lives. Because our desire is this, that our lives would first be healthy between us and you. But Lord, you would help us to bring and show the gospel to those around us. And Lord, if people look at us and they see bitterness and they see poison, Lord, they're going to miss the goodness of what you've done. So Lord, we ask for your strength. We ask for your help. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.